are you saying? I'm saying this house you live in, the mortgage that's being paid, food on the table, all financed by my dick. <laughs> I take a little hit every now and again, keep myself rock hard. <laughs> Now to the task at hand. I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose. A little remix for that ass. Welcome to the Sports Handler, episode number 163. We need more white point guards. That's right, you heard me. I'm your host, Danny Belts. This is going to be a good one, isn't it? Sing it, Kenny! Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, does he sound grand, but not nearly as grand as I, and not nearly as grand as you feel, because you woke up this morning knowing that as much as the sun was going to come up somewhere in the east, so would the sports antidote here on this lovely Thursday here. I'm running around in Rock Hill, South Carolina. The motherfucking thrill. What do you know about Rock Hill? You don't know nothing. I got a big meeting in Charlotte tomorrow. We'll see how that one goes. I'm riding solo. Bro Exotic is out. But Bro Exotic is coming in next week with the Woke Draft. Ladies and gentlemen, this is when Bro Exotic spoons and pans through all of the wokeness throughout the country. He does not keep this domestic. This is an international search for the wokest of the woke to make his fantasy team in which he wins every year. That is happening next week. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, that is almost as huge as the upcoming fall hits of the Church of Wokes Classics, which is going to be right in time for football season, the fall edition. I believe the drunk neighbor will be collaborating a little. Have you ever heard that man croon before? It's pretty incredible. Tommy Bench is out. The young Woken remains dormant for now. I shall awaken him soon. His slumber shall come to an end. Release the Kraken! I'll be releasing the Kraken. And if I see the goddamn Milwaukee Brewers in an airport, I'll be releasing the Kraken on them. We'll be talking about that. Taking a big fat L with the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm going to take it out on the young Woken. We need more white point guards, guys. You know how it is. I'll explain why. I know that sounds ridiculously racist, but guess what? We'll be comparing that to gas station heroin. That's right. That is right. You will never hear a podcast this absolutely ridiculous. I am very confident of that. As a matter of fact, of all things I am confident about, that is up there. That is a mainstay. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us at The Sports Antidote on Instagram. If you're not doing anything, reach out, touch a brother. Perhaps maybe even tell somebody about The Sports Antidote today. Maybe go ask someone to write a review. This takes all of three minutes. This is the third week in a row that I have asked this, and I am a little aggravated. So I will not ask again. I'm going to be like my sales manager. I'm going to thank you in advance for doing that today. That would be great. And once again, follow us at the Sports Antidote. Well, we need more white point guards. But before we talk about that and why and how absurd that statement is and everything that I may or may not risk, even though, I mean, we all know it to be true. (laughs) But we'll kind of get into what that looks like in regarding gas station heroin. I do 
want to discuss this hotel I'm in right now. I do also want to discuss Iowa State, what has happened to them and what we talked about. I want to talk about Ohio briefly, briefly. I mean, we've already broken the seal with talking about a couple futures early, so what's the big deal? And I want to talk about another player in Major League Baseball that is being overshadowed, and he really shouldn't be. And we're going to talk about something called market mismatches with the media in Major League Baseball. I decided not to do an entire show on this. We're just going to do 10 minutes on it. Then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the white point card issue and gas station heroin. I mean, what else could... What else could you really want, pal? It is incredible what a good hotel experience initially can do for you when you are having a very bad road trip professionally. So for those of you that don't travel, I think you still know what I'm talking about. Certainly those that travel know exactly what I'm talking about. All of the insanity that can happen. Planes, trains, automobiles, you're dealing with rental cars where there are no cars. And the reason why that is, I think I mentioned this before, but let me go ahead and expand upon this and help you out real quick. Some people don't know this. This is about 70% true. The other 30%, I just don't know where to fill it in. I'm not lying, but here's what's happening if you're having a rental car for nine years, uh, by the way. So a lot of these clips don't come from domestic, they don't come from domestic manufacturers. Even here in the United States, there's only two in the US and one in Canada that produce like a fastener. Everything else comes from China. There's not much domestic manufacturing of really anything. Uh, but when it comes to some of these eclipses, some of these body clips they use in some of these collision centers or all of these collision centers, these are getting way more difficult to come by. And the reason why they're getting more tough to come by, as you can imagine, well, there's a myriad of reasons why that is. But the problem then is, is because they don't have the correct parts to fix your car, you will then hold that rental car for about six and a half weeks longer than you normally would. It's not a problem with the rental cars. It's a problem with the parts to fix your car to get rid of the rental. That's the problem. Glad I could help out there. But I'm having one of those trips, man. It's just bad. And I get in here, and I had a TSA experience where I just got in with the wrong guy. This is like his first day. I don't know. Johnny on the spot trying to make a name for himself. Dude had his hair parted like he was one of the... Like he was one of the uh, antagonists with Biff in Back to the Future. Dude looked like he was from 1956. I was waiting for him to slam a milkshake or something. I, I have no idea. <laughs> God. In any event, I get to the hotel. It's been a pretty rough day. I did have dinner with a buddy of mine that we'll talk about briefly. And then uh, all that aside, I get in the hotel and I realize I'm missing everything. And this is just kind of compounding to kind of this whole trip because now I'm going to have to go find like a Walmart. I don't have a razor. Uh, I can't use, I, you know, I got to use my razor. I got to go get some other stuff that I didn't bring. It's just going to be a disaster. The room, something's wrong with the room. The television isn't working out. I know how you guys know about traveling. Look, when, when, when you're in your hotel room, unless you want to stare at your computer all day or your phone, you don't realize how big the television is, is a major proponent in any hotel situation. It's a big one. You don't plan on, especially if you have kids. Uh, but I can't turn the TV on. So long story short, within like 15 minutes, this Fairfield, who does one of the best jobs ever, the Fairfield, unbelievable. I'm going to go ahead. Just stay with me. Continental breakfast this morning. I don't even eat breakfast, right? Greek yogurt lined up out the ass. Coffee, tea, cereal, bagels, toast, hard-boiled eggs individually wrapped up. This quiche Lorraine with no crust if you're on keto with egg whites. And these turkey sausage cheese sandwiches Amongst every type of fruit you could want, it's unbelievable, all free, right? It's crazy. So, 
So that's always a good thing in the morning. But everything I needed, everything I needed, I needed a certain type minus the razor. But they had everything I needed that they normally sell. They could see I was having a bad day. They just gave it to me. They just gave me all these other like toiletries. You know, I need Advil. My wisdom tooth needs to be yanked out. I hear like need surgery or something. I don't know. But like they all these things. This is what this is what keeps loyalty. And the Fairfield is just unbelievable. And it's one of the great little divisions inside the Marriott. It would rival um, the Hampton Hampton Inn on the Hilton side. Uh, Hampton Inn's excellent. But it's just incredible just what – when you travel – God, if you just fly Delta and Marriott and you are in the sky, Clay, like your travel experience just goes up 95 trillion percent. But it is incredible though to have a hotel like that. Dude's still looking out for you. See you're having a bad day. Hook you up with like $20 worth of stuff. I can easily pay for it. But I'll never stay anywhere else. And you should check out the Fairfields as well. And the breakfast, unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. I got pictures of it, of a hotel breakfast that looks better than 99% of the stuff that you'll end up paying for off a menu better than most of that. We talked about Iowa State. We talked about it a month ago. They were going to have issues with gambling allegations, and so was the University of Iowa. I have told you, I talked about this on this podcast. I was not the first one to know about it, but I talked about it on this show well in advance to anyone really knowing that anything was happening at Iowa State. So clearly I was right there. Now, the reason I didn't really get heavy on Iowa is because they were also implicated as well. You need to be very careful with these type of future wagers when there's these type of implications. These are actually almost worse than sexual implications because this is just going to shut everything down. And this will get the FBI involved on another level. Sports gambling or game, game fixing or angling, they, they, they've been getting involved in that forever. And they will. And they get in quick. And it is not good. It was not good when this happened to Alabama baseball because while they're there for baseball, they'll shop around for softball, football, and basketball, which their basketball program right now is probably – it has more like forensic evidence of guilt than Hunter Biden on most of these things. But then again, it's Alabama, and they'll just do whatever they do as long as they want. I mean, a guy's a conspiracy to murder, and he shows up and starts playing basketball 48 hours later after he mocks being handcuffed. I mean, what world – are we living in where he's even allowed to step on that floor, let alone campus? <laughs> Boy, that white privilege there is incredible. Iowa State's quarterback is betting like $7 parlays on his mom's account. There's all kind of stuff that actually went down like we talked about. Plus 125, under 5.5. Now it's at 5, minus 160. Let me repeat. We beat it by a half a game. It's going to get under 4, like I said, six weeks ago on this show. And the funny part about this one is, is the juice at plus 125, that almost got me off of this because I've never seen that. I've never seen plus money to take. I've never seen plus money that high in a total. So I feel like I just robbed everybody. They're not going to win three games. And I'm just praying that they lose to Ohio and this, the, the entire prophecy will finally become fulfilled. But speaking of Ohio, you can still get on Iowa State now at five wins, and I like that. I don't like laying minus 140. I don't think they win three games. I really don't. This is, this is going to put a bad team into an even worse position now. Uh, they are not. They were not going to be good before any of this happening. And now they're really going to be bad, bad. There's no getting around that. All right, there, there, ain't, there, ain't, there ain't no Brock Purdy uh, coming up in this Iowa State team on the second team that's going to Tom Brady them to the Super Bowl. That ain't happening. So they're, they're going to be bad. The question is how bad. And normally when you know a team is going to be bad, the degree of which doesn't matter because they'll figure out it's easy to be bad when you are bad. So they're going to figure out how to do that on their own. 
we don't really have to worry about much there. Ohio, we do have a problem here, and I'll talk about it. There's a rogue fox right now running around in the hen house, and rather than get into the entire coaching situation that's happened, I've been following Ohio football and their beat writer. Actually, there's two of them closer than anyone that even ever has attended that university. Once I start to obsess and rabbit hole, as you know, uh, things can get interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, but in this case, um, we are stuck in a quandary of, is this man going to stay or is he going to leave? And I want him to stay. Uh, and if he leaves, this actually will uh, kind of cloud. Uh, this could potentially cloud what I want to do here. There's a whole backstory here. No one knows about it. There's a great story for anyone lazy in the media. But why would anybody want to write an interesting story about a stupid team in Ohio that's not the Buckeyes, right? Sure. Why would anybody want to write a story about gas station heroin? I mean, you go ahead. I'll just hold on now. I want to get ahead of myself. I'm sorry. I'll be there in a minute. I've seen seven on some serious, oh, over seven on some serious juice to the over. You got to remember this team won 10 games last year. I've seen seven and a half. I think they're going to win 10 again. And I've told you, I think if everything lines up, I think Ohio can go undefeated. I said this about Memphis four years ago. The drunk neighbor got on that future. They ended up losing to Temple on a really weird game. Like everyone seems to lose in front of the you know 900 fans in North Philadelphia when they go up there. Uh, but Memphis should have ran the table, did run the table, and I feel that Ohio in this instance has the same opportunity if they can win these games that they are, quote, not supposed to win in the beginning versus San Diego State. And, of course, versus Iowa State, and we'll get into both of those when the time is right. But I do want to set the stage for you on both of those um, as far as the futures go. Baseball, I was talking earlier about the market mismatches in the media with Major League Baseball. I was going to call it MMMIMLB, get it? But I figured that would be too long, and we could do that one right here. Not too long, but I don't know if there was enough substance to substantiate entire um, substance to substantiate. That sounds like a Kamala Harris saying, or maybe, you know, Kareen, one of the two, who knows. But Acuna is, and I actually am sick right now, so when you do hear me sniffing all this beautiful congestion in, this is not because I'm doing a bunch of rails again, right? (laughs) Right. So... We talk about Otani a ton, and we should because he is doing incredible things right now. He really is. There are other things happening in baseball that just are not going reported. Fifteen years ago, we didn't have the type of talent that we do in Major League Baseball right now. You're looking at some of the greatest players ever. Otani, Otani, clearly one of the greatest players ever. Guy throws a one-hit shutout, goes and takes a piss, comes back for another game, and hits like nine home runs. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. But I do feel that people forget about the everyday player. I just showed someone else this about Nolan Arenado standing around with 10 gold gloves. 10 gold gloves. He's going to have some of the greatest career statistics in the history of Major League Baseball. But the problem with Arenado is he does it to vanilla, and he does it with the Rockies and the Cardinals. That's the problem. It's vanilla, wrong team, small market. In, in, In the NFL and the NBA, that doesn't really matter. The Trailblazers are a very small market team. But when Dame Lillard starts hanging 60 pieces, they're not really a small market team now, are they? Wouldn't appear always on TNT, Thursday night uh, basketball, and all these things in the NBA. So, you know, when I, uh, and Lillard, by the way, I do want to talk about that when the time comes. Boy, that could be an interesting free agent, uh, free agency lockup where he goes, but not for the right reasons. I am not on the same side of Dame Lillard as everybody else. And it's not to be contrarian, but it's how I feel. I feel he wants to be Steph Curry, and because he can't, those extra five turnovers and ten missed step-backs per game, uh, will you will never win with that guy. As incredible as he is, a first ball hall of incredible as he is, I just feel like the way he plays, because he'll never be Steph Curry, 
and he'll never be the B guy, I don't think it's ever going to work out. Hot take, maybe. Keep it or leave it. Don't give a shit. Give it to your grandma. Maybe she'll give it back. I don't care. Maybe she'll tell you pappy. Who knows? But you have guys doing things around the league right now that are ridiculous. I mean, you know, Riley and Olsen, we talked about them for the Braves. They're going to combine for somewhere around, like, I don't know, 140 home runs. I mean, that's pretty crazy, right? <laughs> uh, but I do want to talk about somebody on that team, and it's a guy we've spoke about a lot, but I just don't understand how this goes under the radar, but then I have to remember the market matchups, media, and Major League Baseball because it makes no sense that Ronald Acuna Jr. is not talked about just about every other day uh, on CNN, let alone ESPN. So the Braves unleash another fury of pain yesterday. It's 0-0 in the third. You go take a piss, come back. It's 9 to nothing. I, th- this is the most violent offense I've ever seen in my life in Major League. Ever seen in my life in Major League Baseball. It is ridiculous. I, the, these Astros teams, these Yankees teams, some of these other teams, to me, it just doesn't matter. These, th- this is the greatest lineup I have ever seen top to bottom, period. And this dude, Acuna Jr., right now, this is what he's doing. He has 25 home runs. 25 home runs, okay? 64 RBI. Remember, he leads off. So he'll take 150-something, I'm assuming he'll take a few games off, 150-something at-bats guaranteed with no one on base. He still has 60-freaking-four RBIs. He has 51 stolen bases. He leads the majors, and he's going to be shooting after a couple Ricky Henderson records at this point because he's projected now to be somewhere around 80-something. He leads the majors with 97 runs. He's been walked 58 times. A slugging percentage of 600, an OPS of one, basically 1,000.2, and he bats 336, which is good enough for second. 25 home runs, 64 RBI, 51 stolen bases, 97 runs. 58 walks to no strikeouts, slugging percentage is 600, OPS 1,002, and he bats 330, mother. What? And he's going to win a gold glove in right field. We are witnessing some of the greatest players in history right now. We really are. Baseball, not like football. Um, Ted Williams, right now. You put Ted Williams in right now. People will say, he's never seen shit. Ted Williams will rape everybody, right? Give him a bat. No gloves. Give it to ball game. See what happens. Not like that in football and basketball, but baseball, it's different. But there we, we are seeing some of the, we are seeing ludicrous things right now. And Acuna Jr. is just going under the radar. And he, he is just about as insane as it gets. Look, if Bobby Witt Jr. played for the Yankees, you would know a lot more about Bobby Wood Jr. But these are the market mismatches of media with Major League Baseball, and we have to deal with it now, don't we? Is it time? Is it time? We live in a very interesting but wicked world, and your perspective on the world will only be broadened uh, as much as you will allow it to be. The more that you stay in your house and the more that you watch Whatever it is you like to watch to get whatever information you like to get and stay within your routine, there is nothing wrong with this. But what's going to happen is, is you're just not going to be able to understand a lot of things that are happening. And what you're going to say to yourself a lot is, how can this person then fill in the blank? And you're going to say that a lot because you only know this one way, this one side. It makes so much clear-cut sense to you. But then how in the hell is half the country just that stupid because they don't think like you, right? 
But a lot of that perspective when it comes to this can never be gained and should never be gained because to gain perspective like this would be the same as in order to gain perspective to prison, you have to go to prison. Well, that's probably true, but you don't necessarily want to do that. So you don't necessarily, although I didn't go to a prison, right? When I had to go, you know, to get my head straight, talk to these psychiatrists and such uh, to get everything right. I thought I understood the world, that world of drugs, not just drugs, but nearly everything, that world of like addiction. But I really had no idea. And you probably don't either. And it's impossible for you to really see that unless you've seen it firsthand, unfortunately, in your house or with a close loved one or or what have you. As frequent as it is, it's not going to happen to as many families, fortunately. But certainly your perspective will gain a lot of weight with air because you're going to see some things you haven't seen and you're going to really have to challenge yourself to begin to foundationally actually understand what it is, not just you're seeing, but you have to understand like what is presently happening. You can't even process what happened five minutes earlier when you're looking at a brand new five ring circus right now trying to decipher and deliberate what to do next in these spots. But when you get past all that and you start to gain an understanding, this is, and this goes with anything, I'm just picking this unique situation, then you can begin to kind of pick off some of the big glaring, the larger ancillary things that perhaps should you should wait till you tackle, till you understand the entree before the sides. Or that's more or less what that would, would look like. Then you start to find out some of the smaller details about things. You start to listen to people talk and you finally really start to understand just how f- this world is currently. Now, what I don't want to do is go on on how horrible the world is, but, you know, because I find that everyone, that seems to be a very common theme. There's some great things happening outside today. I guarantee you that. There's some bad things happening like every other day since the beginning of time. But in this instance, what I do want to bring to your attention, and I don't feel like no one knows, I, when I was scrolling around looking, I couldn't believe the lack of stories on this. And the stories are like Reddit. So in other words, there's no journalist that really has grabbed his nuts and said, I'm going to go do this. Because when nobody wants to report stuff like this, like human trafficking, it just begins to get me going. It gets my prejudice going already. Like, why are you not reporting this? Why? I'm I'm all right. I don't want to be, I don't want to already have these preconceived notions. But when you completely move something to the side and say, don't worry about that. Well, I'm going to have to worry about that. I don't know what else to do. Matter of fact, now that's all I can stare at is why you are ignoring certain things. And this story has been ignored. I sat next to one person in particular for almost 29 days, 29 nights. We had some long talks, man. And I don't talk to him as much. And people are going to tend to, they're going to do that. We talk enough. And we're solid. He's a good dude. He's a Georgia fan. So he's got that going against him. But other than that, he's a great guy. And I really got to know a perfect stranger inside and out. Imagine that. You ever met someone that you didn't know and then a month later they knew things about you that some guys you've known for 30 years don't know? It'll certainly make you think. You won't even realize you've done it until a few months later. Then you really think. But he told me his story and he had left some parts out of the story that he told to the group. He included some things with me and I understood why he left some of those things out. And of course, we're going to leave them out right here. Matter of fact, we're going to leave most of it out. 
But what happened to this guy was what I'm nearly certain I just saw happen about five days ago. About a quarter of a mile from my house. This is happening about a quarter of a mile from your house as well. He told me about a supplement called Kratom with a K. I'd never heard of it. And he told me how Kratom is a dietary supplement not approved by the FDA, but nothing is approved by the FDA. I was talking to my youngest brother about this. You think F, do you think the, you know, like the, the FDA approves like Diet Coke that, that, that can dissolve a nail? I mean, like, look, there's a lot of stuff we consume that the FDA is like, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not saying don't buy it, but I'm not eating it, right? Okay. There's, there's a lot of that. Uh, and this is certainly one that you can read articles on. There's certainly a lot of opinion on whether it should be sold or not, but there's no stories on why it's being sold. That's the problem. So I know, well, I know why it's being sold. People want to make some money. The real question is how or why is this being sold with no legal repercussion? Kratom is one of the six other type of, we'll say, different types of poisonous snakes that all have different colors but they all have the same venom, and that comes from something called TNEPTINE. And if you go look what TNEPTINE is, you'll see that TNEPTINE has a lot in common and can be, I think, from what I'm looking at here, I don't want to just come out and say it, guys, but it looks like it has a main component in a lot of stuff you would have at your local heroin dispensary. And it looks like what TNEPTINE is, involvement with Kratom, doesn't classify scientifically to have the same cross as heroin. This is very similar to how a CBD gummy with THC is legally sold and you can't buy a straight THC gummy outside of a dispensary. People just find ways around things. Then people try to change the laws, but then by the time they've changed the laws, the people have already found a way to get around preemptively the new law that's, that's coming. They just did this in Kentucky with this right here, Kratom. You can go read about some things that happened uh, in Kentucky, if it's as far as them passing laws, then laws getting changed that they already were ready for Kentucky to do it. So you can see it kind of goes back and forth and back and forth. But my friend basically told me that he walked into a gas station one day and was looking to get some alcohol and saw that these were cookies and they were supposed to make you relaxed. So my friend started getting Kratom cookies with his fifth of vodka from a gas station. Okay, He knew nothing about the substance. He just read what was on the bag. And the bag basically was like, eat these and chill out. So he just thought it's like getting high. You can buy these like you can Funyun, Funyuns and Doritos in a gas station. Okay, this has TNEPTEEN in it. Okay, It's right here over the counter. We're worried about ibuprofen that has a high milligram. And this shit is right there next to the cotton candy. Okay, you're worried about you were getting mad in Louisiana two weeks ago in New Orleans about a bunch of 20 year olds, 20 year old boys underage in a biologically female strip club. But you're okay with five year olds going to transgender LBJ drag shows. What the fuck? What? what? Feel like our priorities are kind of always sideways. Right. But when it comes to selling the Kratom, what you'll find is there's usually a lot of people that have it in their hands. Go look around. People will try to kind of disguise it, put it close to their legs so you can't see it. People try to buy that on the low. They know what it is. It's gas station heroin. 
They say it's not addictive. I guess that I hear that about a lot of things. Well, I have somebody that would probably disagree with that. I know someone. Yeah, he would disagree with it not being addictive. I'm going to go ahead and say he would probably stake his life on that. Oh, maybe he was the one in a million. Maybe so. Maybe you're right. Maybe he was the one guy. But either way, if it's one or a million or one in a million, it's still one, which means that's enough for me. If you can buy an addictive that should be wildly controlled substance at an Exxon, that's a problem. So he became addicted to Kratom. And my friend became addicted to heroin from gas station cookies. And then from heroin, there's only one way up. Then you get into fentanyl. And then you die. Like the 19-year-old girl that died on top of my knees. On my lap. Yeah, welcome to Florida. Within 24 hours, I get into a fist fight because someone took something of me that was the utmost privacy ever. And I retaliated about as aggressive as I could, which was a, a wild mistake on both of our parts. I don't even know what the hell's going on. I got that going on right there. People are dying. People's heads are falling. I shouldn't even make jokes about that. But I know where fentanyl leads to. And this is where this guy was led to. From gas station cookies. Don't believe me? Go look for yourself. I had a front row seat for this. You can sit here and just look at the suffering and the misery. And it gets you even more miserable. And it really ratchets up your intensity and your anger when you realize the accessibility to these things. It's not even easy. It's stupid. And the great part about this Kratom stuff is it's like pennies on the dollar. So you can just go get it with like $2 and go get high on heroin. There was a kid that walked out of the vape shop by my house. They sell Zen there for like $3.50 a pack I found. So that's where I go to get it. And there's a kid walking out of the head vape, whatever the hell. These places are so skeezy. But he's 16 years old. He's, he's in high school. He's in high school. He has, a, he, he has some sort of uniform on that looks like whatever school he goes to because he failed chemistry. You still have to wear a, some sort of off-color or maybe secondary uniform. But he's, he's in high school, not college is all I'm saying. He walked out with a bag of Kratom right in front of me. That's why I'm doing this one right now. Right in front of me. What the fuck am I supposed to? Here's the thing. How am I supposed to react? Like, like, what am I supposed to do? The thing is, I really can't do anything. It's none of my business. I'm not his father. I don't know him. I can't just step in. It's, I don't know. Is he buying it for his dad? I, I have no idea. So I just need to step back. What I really want to do is take that bag, throw it in a trash can, and open hand slap the holy shit out of this kid and say, hey, man, before you do this, what are you, about 16? Let me tell you the story of a 46-year-old I spent a month with early on in 2022. You got a minute? Even if he says, no, he doesn't understand. I'm about to get a minute. Oh, we're about to hold court. But see, that's what I used to do. That's how I used to operate, loud. And when you think you know something, you should let people know it, right? That's not fun. So I can't do that. I want to. It never felt more right in my life. 
to go walk over there, take that bag, throw it in the trash, and slap the shit out of him. Can't do that, obviously. But it makes me want to join. It makes me want to get involved in, in whatever fight you want to call this. Shit, and you should too, because guess what? This problem, these things don't necessarily affect you, but they will eventually indirectly because they're going to affect someone you love. I can guarantee your ass that. Oh, it's not happening in your family? Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody actually told me that. Impervious and exempt from life. Unbelievable. What a concept. Holy shit. Must be woke. Shit. Wake up every day like that? Gotta be. Until you run into somebody like me. Ain't so fun then. Neither is this. Why are you telling me about gas station heroin in regards to a white point guard? Boy, there's an echo in here, isn't there? That's all right. Well, I'll hold the gas station heroin thing real quick with Kratom because we need more white point guards. That's right. We do. You know, we've often said this. It's been a joke. I know Clay Travis has done this and people before him have done this. Dennis Miller. We always, if we're going to have, I believe one of the jokes was, if, if you want more of this over here, then we need more of that over here. And right now what we're missing is a lot of Caucasian point guards. So if you bring this up in an actual debate, what's going to happen is, as I saw this firsthand in college, is one guy had to take this side in, 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 in a communications class where we were doing this. He just took the wrong side of this, of this whole thing, really. You just have to be careful. The way he was doing it was, well, we picked the best athletes in basketball, which happened to be black. But his comparison was, but then we're going to take the best lawyers over here who happened to be white. Now, I understand what he was saying, but it was so flawed. And it was, if he'd done that today, he may have been expelled. I mean, just, <laughs> guy wasn't racist at all. He was just... From what he saw, his vantage point, this made perfect sense. Well, other people, you know, in my class didn't really see it as such because you can't really necessarily, you can't get into that at all, right? When you start talking about intellect, you need to be very careful uh, and, and, and rightfully so. <laughs> you start judging uh, intellect on skin color, it's not going to really take you too far anywhere. Uh, last I can guarantee you that one as well. But in this case, what makes this uh, so interesting is that I'm actually, you know, kind of serious. Now, I understand that, I understand black people are better athletes. African-Americans are better athletes than Caucasians. We all know this. And it, it actually, it is somehow racist to say that still, I, I think. Uh, but it really just comes down to one thing. It comes down to defensive back. The reason why you don't see any white defensive backs in the NFL is because defensive back, pure corner, is the is you have to be, the best athlete in the world. In the world. These guys are like 5'10". They have 44-inch verticals. They can bench press their weight 30 times, and they run sub 4440s. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and say that, that they're the best athletes in the world. That's why you don't see many white boys back there. They're not the best athletes in the world. Now, in basketball court, you will, of course, see some white boys, but athleticism in basketball, there's not many positions like center uh, in football like there is in basketball, and that's why most of the guard positions you're going to see, they're not going to be white boys, just because you have to be just wildly athletic, and you're going to find more often than not, African-Americans are just better athletes than white people. I think and the fact that you have to say, I still say that with some sort of pause is scary, because that is a fact. 
I mean, if you even want to get down to like twitch muscle, you know, like <laughs> all the other stuff that Bill Burr was talking about when he was talking about the white coach that said, we need more black guys. And he was just being honest because they do. <laughs> oh, I love it. All we need now is for BYU's black coach to somehow say we need more white guys and I can die a happy person. How about that? But guys, I know the reason why we're not going to have that many white point guards is because black point guards are probably just going to be better. <laughs> nine, ten, nine out of ten times, right? So that's kind of why that is. So when we talk about collegiate sports, when they started doing the diversity, equity, and inclusion inside of collegiate athletics, I started taking very close notice to this. Now, before you think this is what I'm going to say or get rid of all those preconceived notions, what I'm going to do now is get into something we are going to talk about again. But the reason why I'm not doing it all is just because I realized while I was prepping, I need to learn more about this because there's a lot more than I thought. So rather than come in here half cocked and then just tell you something and hope that the other 30% just I guessed correctly or whatever, let's not do that. I did enough research to where I still want to talk about it and certainly think it's worth your time. So we're going to do it. But at the same, in the same respect, in the same respect, we will come back to this because there are some things that I do need to brush up on. But It'll hit heavy just the same. So there's a lot of websites like this, but if you get bored, go to athleticdirectoru.com. Athleticdirectoru.com. This will take you to ADU, and you will see a Collegiate Coaching Diversity Pledge. There are a lot of pages like this. I picked this one for a lot of reasons. Uh, Herb Courtney runs this, you know, Renaissance Search and Consulting. He did a lot for the Obama administration. I do remember that name. And immediately when you go to this page, you'll see in the far right, upper right-hand corner, they will show you the menu. And then over here, it says student-athlete-NIL. What is that? Let's go look. An analysis of Instagram data for all Americans. So you can start reading some of these things. You can look about the relaunch of EA Sports NCAA College Football and the oversight of monitoring in the NIL. Oh, yeah, the oversight and monitoring. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of things you can look at here. And this looks like something or other that's just really cool. Yeah, it's just cookies in a gas station. Who cares? Equity, diversity, inclusion is going to be everywhere in every major corporation. It's already been in sports. Belts, what are you saying? You found out that it's in sports and are letting us know? No, it's not what I'm doing. You know that. I don't need to tell you what you know is there. But I didn't know about these websites. We're going to stay with this one for a very particular reason. I don't know about this. What do they do? How come all of a sudden websites like this are popping up all of a sudden when these student athletes can now collect hundreds of thousands and even millions in NIL money, basically untaxed, handed right over, unregulated, doesn't need to be in any type of form. One of the A&M guys was joking about cash in a bag again. I mean, ACH is cool, sure. You can give it to people however they want. But then you start reading into some of the tie-ins, and then it becomes quite apparent what this is. It's amazing how compassionate everyone comes about diversity, inclusion, particularly equity, when we start talking about money. Yes. Isn't this just great? Oh, I love it. This website is here to siphon money away from student athletes. This is basically the beginning stage of a mid-level marketing scam that is going to be and is complete and is completely legal. All these guys want is a piece of their action by starting to throw crazy words around. But I have to uh, tell you why we need more white point guards. I actually thought when this came into exception, when they were talking about inclusion in college sports, 
What's the first thing we all thought of? Holy shit, LSU is going to have a white point guard and a white cornerback. This is going to be unbelievable. I mean, you know you thought that, right? Come on. My black LSU friends loved Hornsby. Boy, they loved Hornsby when he was balling for LSU. Everybody loves that white boy. Get in there. Drop buckets on somebody and keep this thing going. Boy, what a hilarious white guy video NBA montage that one guy made. That was <laughs> sneaky on defense. Oh, that was so unbelievable how amazing the internet is. Anyway, so we can go onto this website and find out how they're tied in to give you advice on how to, how to spend and invest your NIL money. You can read into all these different – I got to give it to them. This website's incredible the way it starts at 10,000 feet. You can get down to – uh, you can get down to ground level. Will Crick, I mean, hey, you scroll down a couple things. There's a picture of the NCAA with a basketball, a dollar sign on it, and it looks to be about a million dollars stacked in drug money around the basketball. They're not making anything about it. They're saying get all the money you want. But the pur- purpose of this is why well, we need more white point guards. It was a joke, obviously, is I, I couldn't get around in looking and scrolling through all of this. Like, well, where's the inclusion? Because I thought that inclusion in this case – would be the same type of inclusion that they're imposing in other professional realms, not just with like the Rainbow Coalition, Jesse Jackson shakedowns from the late 80s and 90s. I'm talking about the whole thing. So, I mean, again, when I first saw this, I was, this is kind of why I titled it this, because I I thought at one point I said we need more white point guards, and it looks like we're going to get some here, because it looks like this is the only way, right? Which... Is so hilarious because all that would do is putting in more white people would just make the game worse. It would. Uh, I think everyone knows that. And I somehow think saying that somehow could be constituted as right. I don't even know what is and what isn't anymore. It's just so – it's tough to keep up with. But anyway, this just has nothing to do with any type of the diversity, inclusion – an equity that would be in, like, let's say, the Chick-fil-A HR department right now or wherever. Or that's its own department as it is now. So we see now, okay, we see the cards and we know here's the game. All right, I know what you're playing. I still don't really know the rules yet. But I know that over here, diversity, equity, inclusion means one thing. I know that over here it means another when it applies to this setting and these people. Okay, got it. I mean, I'm not surprised. But it is kind of interesting how this all just starts to happen the minute that all these 19 and 20-year-olds start to get hundreds, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and in some cases, millions of dollars, which is just posted on social media. It's, I mean, I, 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 it is for public consumption, and I feel it should be. I don't think we should be able to just discretionarily send a, you know, $10 trillion to someone you want to come play football at that school, which is what we're basically doing now. We've just kind of added some salt and pepper to that turd. It still is a turd. I won't take your time there because that will just take everybody's time on that. But we're not going to have more white point guards. You want to know why? Because the diversity, equity, and inclusion that is being spoken about in this department is 99% about one color, and that is green. And what these places are doing is implementing their department much like you would at a major corporation like a Microsoft, Google, Facebook, uh, implementing kind of the same policies you'll see in a college campus or a company. It's all the same, particularly, you know, this department of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So as I said earlier, I thought we're going to get more white point guards now, right? But no, not really. We're not. So then the question comes, as I've been inferring them, what is the actual inclusion? Where's the diversity? What What is the communal equity here? What 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 is that? And then I, I kind of found out what what that is. Diversity? Yeah, man. 
Diversify those funds. Get them all in hundreds. Too many 20s, too many 5s. I'll help you diversify that. Inclusion? Why don't you include me on counting some of that money and equity? Yeah, why don't you equate me into that picture real quick, pal, even though <laughs> that's not how you would conjugate that word? It doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? This is all here. So student-athletes of color, programs like this, can actually find ways to get more money, which I have no problem with. As a matter of fact, I, I hope that every student, and I don't care what color you are, get the most money you can out of any sponsor that wants to give you money. But I just want everyone to know that much like gas station heroin in Kratom, which is sitting right next to the barbecue lays where your five-year-old's eyeing, or, or in this case... Even in a situation where somehow diversity, equity, inclusion, that department looks like it's actually able to help like a random white guy in a basketball court. Now, this would be the one applicable situation where I guess this would work out, but it actually works against him. Because the more you read about what this actually is, all this is is corporate pimping. This is a higher level of shakedown. All this is is for ways, avenues, and lazy people that dub themselves creator, content creator, to mooch and make more money off people actually creating. This is all this is. It's been legalized, and it's, it, again, we talk about it like the devil. This is normalized. Yeah, we have that department right there. What was it is you say you do here? It's the same thing as when some bureaucrat called up Mark Levin, and Mark Levin started digging into him. I'll play it for you one day. And Larry says he works at the Department of Energy. And Mark Levin says, what, the Department of No Energy? Because they don't create energy. They don't create any energy. They regulate. Then he talks about the Department of Urban and Housing Development. It should be the Department of No Urban Housing and Development. Because it doesn't create either of those two things. Then he talks about the Department of Education. How it should be the Department of Illiteracy. And he's right on all these things. All of them. It's just a kick in the nuts to realize that all this is, is this program is continuing to bring out, point out differences among skin color, create diversity inside of locker rooms and effectively on college campuses every day. They work hand in hand with our mainstream media. They do it through the television. The other guys do it directly through classrooms and all college and basic and basic college interaction. This really isn't that difficult to follow on my end. They've just found ways to make money off people, new ways, pushing a certain agenda, splitting people in half. As I say, they do it on their forum. The mainstream media does it on the others. But if you haven't noticed by now, racial diversity, uh, inequality, every other word you want to use is a billion-dollar industry, a multi-billion-dollar industry now. Why on earth would you want all this to go away when it creates so many clicks and it creates so much gross revenue? Like, it's almost impossible. So why would anyone want it to go away when you're making so much money off of it? It's the same reason Joe Rogan was talking about these social workers. I've been talking about this for years. Social workers up in Seattle and Portland where they just meander around the streets trying to keep crackheads from getting – just trying to keep them with clean needles and drug paraphernalia, making $130,000 a year off the taxpayers up there. What? Why would they want this problem to stop? If anything, they'll contribute to it to keep it going so they can continue to make $130,000 off people's misery and suffering. It's disgusting. They're not doing anything to stop it. You're prolonging it on purpose. They'll do the same thing with the gas station Kratom. And they'll do this in our college sports. Until everyone's addicted to those things and until sports are just ruined. You think it's crazy? They're both ridiculous. They go right down the line for me. Oh, they meet in the middle. 
Keep your eye out for this. Mind your kids. Watch what they're doing. Got some teenagers? Look at that bag of cookies and make sure we're not running around. What you think is a bag of Oreos is a starter kit for heroin for 15 and 16-year-old kids. And when it comes to the diversity and inclusion, I understand that some people are just going to get the shaft there. And I totally understand the arguments on both ends. We're not going to get into any of that. That doesn't mean that I have to sit here and go, oh, yeah, you know, I agree with all this because it's all the same to me. So maybe we don't need more white point guards. No, actually, we don't. And we definitely do not need more Kratom and other gas station forms of heroin from Tiarantine being sold to kids or anyone for that matter uh, with the nature in which it can be sold. I think we can all agree on that. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. Reach out, touch a brother. Tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today. Thanks for joining the Sports Antelope, episode number 163. I'm your host, Danny Belts. We need more white point guards. Yeah, no, we don't. I'm glad we could put that one to rest. I'll keep an eye on Ohio. Get on Iowa State under five now. If you get five and a half, take that minus the national debt on the juice. Doesn't matter. They're not winning six games. The Fairfield Inn is incredible. So is Acuna Jr. Don't forget about that dude as he is the bomb. Be sure and go check out that amazing website, athleticdirectoru.com, and the other 90,000 just like it. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is only going to help college sports. What the hell are you talking about? And we need more gas station heroin, white, so just go get on it. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram. Reach out, touch a brother. Tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today. Keep it real, Anna Doshans.